Welcome to the Church Interpreting Podcast. My name is Lauren Albizu. And I'm Jonathan Downey. And on the show today, we'll continue our interview with Betty Lewis. This time she'll share some practical tips and a little bit of insight from her years of experience. You had told me previously that there was a shift in which we started getting more people into the team and a, a training had to be developed. How was that experience? We didn't do it for very long, but it was for me, it was interesting. Even though I'm a trained interpreter, I had never trained interpreters. And it was more of orientation. You know, I explained about finding the right words and about speaking up, speaking clearly, uh, about not retranslating the Bible, take the time to look up the scripture and read it the way it is, because it's consecutive, we can take the time. And if they all have to sit and wait, they sit and wait. And then maybe next time the speaker will tell me what is <laughs> what the verses were ahead of time. which in fact they do now. I talked about a lot of common Anglicisms in Spanish that we should avoid. In Costa Rica, church Spanish is heavily Anglicized. I'm assuming because of the missionaries, the early missionaries who were learning Spanish and were bringing the message to Costa Rica. So in, in churches, you hear a lot of funny Spanish. And so I encourage them to think about that, you know, think about whether this is really Spanish or whether we should say it better. There's a other way to say it. These are my biases. I like to keep languages separate. <laughs> so I remember talking about that. I gave them glossary lists that, you know, you accumulate as time goes by. And it was interesting, the different backgrounds of the people who were interested in getting involved in the ministry. Some in the end didn't, but they loved the training or the orientation sessions. But they all, everyone comes from a different background, a different place. And something interesting to me with the team we have, I love seeing people's different styles of interpreting. We all make mistakes. We're not all perfect, but everybody has a different way of going about it. And I love watching that. To me, it's it's exciting. It is exciting. And it's but one thing, I don't know if it happened to you at the beginning of, although it's exciting to see them say, have a different style at the same time, it's like, ah, I wouldn't say it that way. Bite your tongue, bite your tongue, trust your people. It's yes. <laughs> Just the process of trusting them, letting them walk into it and do, you know, what you've taught them to do in the style that they want to do mm-hmm. it. So it, it can be a little, a little hard to let go of that. Yeah. And I do see them not reading the speaker's mind. It's that skill that develops over the years. And so I see them kind of not quite getting the thrust of the message because they're not thinking ahead. They're not anticipating where it's going. But you learn that. That's a learned skill. And you have to let people stumble sometimes through these kind of things. Like, it's true that you want them to practice and all that. But even if you practice, there's nothing like when you do it live. There's going right. to be extra extra nuances there, right? And things mm-hmm. that you have to get at in order to really think ahead to what this person's going to say. And very often we have trouble hearing because there's too much noise going on because you're standing right in front of the stupid loudspeaker and the musicians are still playing. And so you, the congregation can hear and they see you stumbling around and don't realize why. When I see it happening, I know perfectly well that the interpreter didn't hear, but that happens a lot. So that's an issue we have to deal with. Okay. Yeah. And and that can be hard when you do it, it like consecutive interpreting in a church, figuring out ways in which everybody will be able to listen to the message accordingly. It's something that you have to, you know, yeah. all the departments have to work together for that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're still working on that even all these years later. <laughs> hey. 
it's a process and we're all going through it right it's this is something where um you know we're all doing church interpreting but we're doing it according to what our churches have available for us and considering the fact that we weren't as connected as we are now we were doing a great job right (laughs) i i like to give myself that grace i don't know if you you oh yes oh yes when the pandemic hit all the churches had to figure out what to do. Our church went to um, online, of course, but we would, uh, the preacher and the, one or two musicians and the interpreter would all meet at church and broadcast the service from the church over Zoom and over YouTube. I told the rest of the interpreters to stay home. I live alone. They all have families or live with somebody. And so I did the whole thing during the entire pandemic because I figure if I get sick, I don't infect anybody else. So that's, and I didn't, I got sick finally, but after, so that's what we did in the pandemic. We had, every church had to find a solution. I enjoyed attending my mother's service from the United States and they did the whole thing Zoom. The pastor was at home and the musician, the organist was in the church and everybody else was at home, but every church had to figure out what to do. And we did it that way. We broadcast from the church building. That is a beautiful thing, honestly. Hearing how other churches did it um, (laughs) is is very intriguing, right? But I love that, the fact that obviously we make choices that are for the benefit of everybody around us, right? And so that's that's the choice that we made as a church. It's like, okay, you're going to stay home and I'm going to do it just to take that risk. Because at the end of the day, this was a new thing that we didn't know where it was going, right? So we did what what best is what we could. Same thing with, I wanted to see what you consider essential for church interpreting. We talk about that a lot on the podcast, but I wanted to see what you thought. At the top, right? Bible knowledge. You may not be able to quote a lot of scriptures, but you know the stories, you know the basic lessons, you pick up Bible language, which isn't the same as the in-house jargon churchy language I was talking about. Bible language is a different category, and you need to know some Bible language. And then, of course, another one right at the top is to be in prayer, uh, to understand that the Holy Spirit is running this thing. It's not me. I'm very brilliant and all the rest of it, but it's the Holy Spirit that's running this. <laughs> so right at the top is that. Um, if you can get the preacher to tell you what scriptures they're going to be reading, it makes such a difference. Now, very often we project ours on the screen in both languages, but that means you have to turn around and turn your back to the congregation. I don't like to do that. It doesn't feel professional, but very often that's what we have to do because now my, our, the, the person that our pastor right now likes to use a print Bible and he, of course, has, he has a bilingual Bible. There are a lot of Spanish, English, bilingual Bibles. He puts that right on the podium and we can both look at it and we both read off of the same page and that's cool. That works really well talking about prayer and the spirit you know there's this whole thing about crazy faith stories right i wanted to see do you have a story of something where it wasn't you it was totally the spirit was working in this moment we had a guest speaker once a long time ago who started singing in the spirit in english and i sang (laughs) i I thought i can't do this and then i did it (laughs) that is so cool yeah I've never sang in the spirit, but sounds amazing, honestly. <laughs> One of those things that happened, you can always trust the spirit to take you to the places where you wouldn't take yourself. I've never 
interpret it in tongues. I mean, if the person is speaking mm-hmm. in tongues, I just wait, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that would be kind of over the top. <laughs> no, that would be a lot. I, I also do the same thing. You got to you gotta stay quiet for those moments because if yeah. I don't have, if I don't get that spiritual revelation of what they're saying, then I don't know what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. And the advantage of consecutive is that everybody can hear what's going on. Sometimes if they're listening to the earphone, they might not realize that the person's speaking in tongues because they're not hearing it. But um, in consecutive, it's right there. It's right there. It's right in front of people. They can see it. Mm-hmm. It has its pros, its cons with everything, uh, you know, simultaneous, consecutive. There's so all these things where you have to just choose what's best for your church, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I feel like with simultaneous, people have to be very aware of what's going on up front. And it's really easy to disconnect at times, right? You have to keep that in mind as well. I have to say something else before we close. There are a couple of scriptures that I found years ago and have held on to all these years. And I'm not talking about interpreting in tongues, uh, the the, the interpretation of tongues, because we don't interpret tongues. We interpret human language. But listen to this. I love these verses (laughs) from the Proverbs, all three of them. Proverbs 25, 13 says, like the coolness of snow at harvest time is a trustworthy messenger to those who send him. He refreshes the spirit of his masters. We're messengers. We are messengers. And so I, I love that verse. And there's one in 26, 6, also Proverbs. This says the same, like cutting off one's feet or drinking violence is the sending of a message by the hand of a fool. So that's who we have to not be. I, isn't that wonderful? And I, I, and I just found another one recently, Proverbs 18.20, which is not about church interpreting. It, it applies more to your professional work, interpreting all these years. And so I really like this. Uh, 18.20, from the fruit of his mouth, a man's stomach is filled. With the harvest from his lips, he is satisfied. And I saw that and I said, God, you have been feeding me all these years with the harvest from my lips and thank you well that's so sweet <laughs> finding things in the church that in the church in the bible that speak to our um profession is always so beautiful and it, mm-hmm. it's true we have to keep that in mind the fact that we're messengers we're carrying that message and we have to be careful with how we are portraying how we are um interpreting all of the words that are coming yeah. out of our mouths just be yeah. careful with them be careful with them because like cutting off a hand is sending a message in the mouth of a fool. Just uh, as a final note, is there any advice you have for people starting to interpret in the church? Interpret in the church to interpret in the church. You may be able to develop that as a, as a career or a profession. I know some people want to do that, but interpreting in the church, focus on what you're doing. And, and, and that's the most important thing you can do. There were two young people, a brother and a sister, who were on our team and they were very gifted. They were so good. They were in college, I guess, both of them at the time. And I kept thinking, I want to get first the older brother, then the younger sister. I want to get these guys. Maybe I can get them to be interpreters. I would love to get them into the field because you were always looking for new people. Well, he has just finished his PhD in nuclear physics or some kind of physics, (laughs) not going into interpreting. And she is doing advanced studies and she's going to be a pastry chef and she's doing advanced studies. She's not getting into interpreting either. So... (laughs) But they were very good church interpreters. So like I say, focus on what you're doing. And if it develops into something, fine. But in the meantime, that's what you're doing. And that's what God's using you for right now. I think that's, you know, keep your eyes on the, on the ball. 
Thank you for listening to the Church Interpreting Podcast. If you would like more free resources to help your church with interpreting, go and check out churchinterpreting.com. Thank you for listening.